from deep inside your audio device of choice. I'm undergoing self-isolation. It's the only way to be. Just for the lack of stimulation. So come self-isolate with me. These are strange times We don't know where we're going Plays on the mind All of this unknowing In all of our lives It's all so terrifying We're at the breaking point It's true now is the time to change this world forever. Just read the signs. We've all been sent the letter. We've crossed the line. But if we stand together, there's so much we can do. of our town are filled with peaceful anger to turn this around we won't watch any longer and not make a sound we need to right the wrongs here from the ground so if we just Right. I'm 
this much I know oh, Right a fork in the road From New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. Moving the microphone just a little bit, just to make that noise, no real other reason. This, ladies and gentlemen, has been, you know, rarely do weeks sort of organize themselves thematically as, uh, as cleanly, as clearly, as this one has. This was the week of hands and pants, beginning with Jeffrey Tubin. Concludin' or conclubin' with Rudy Giuliani. A lot of U's, a lot of O sounds in that particular cluster. You know about Jeffrey. We've forgotten about Jeffrey Tubin already, right? That's that's the kind of week it's been. Where that that could be that what? Oh yeah, that guy. Um, New Yorker and CNN legal analyst on a Zoom call with uh, the editors at the at the magazine and at the radio station that uh, produces the New Yorker Radio Hour. And they, they went into breakout sessions. This is the latest explanation. They went into breakout sessions, and he turned to a second screen. And it was hot. And Rudy Giuliani, even, even more elaborate explanation, because he was caught by a movie prankster. Now, they're good movie pranksters, you've got to admit. And uh, he ends up on a bed. I've, I've seen a little bit. Of, I've seen a, a clip. Maybe you have, too. And he's, his explanation, uh, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, was that uh, it was the end of the shot, uh, and he, uh, they were taking the electronics, the mic uh, and the battery pack off him, and uh, that pulled out his shirt a bit from his trousers, and what he was doing was tucking his shirt back in. The problem with that explanation, ladies and gentlemen, is he he was lying on his back on a bed when he was doing whatever he was doing with his uh, shirt and his pants and his hands, and it's a really rough position to be tucking. Tucking your shirt back in is lying on your back. That's all I'm going to say, and it's not from personal experience. Um, and the latest news, of course, President <laughs> President Trump has been uh, saying in his campaign appearances that we're rounding the corner on COVID. We're rounding the corner. As he says, a phrase he uses all the time. We learned. Today, I think, or this weekend, that three high-ranking officials in the office of Vice President Mike Pence have tested positive for COVID. In the words of the statisticians, 
That would be a rounding error. And now, it's time for me to read the trays for you. This is sort of in the mood of the week. That is to say, just a little bit raunchy. Kraft Mac and Cheese campaign vanishes after backlash, according to Advertising Age. And me, I'll read it for you. Kraft Mac and Cheese's attempt at being a bit frisky by suggesting that its fans, quote, send nudes, N-O-O-D-S, unquote, vanished soon after parents expressed their displeasure over the play on words. The campaign was a quick, racy gamble for the brand, which was entirely the point. The Kraft Heinz brand hired Mischief at No Fixed Address, name of the ad agency, to find a fresh way to promote its mainstay mac and cheese around National Noodle Day which was October 6th. And you didn't get me anything. The effort encouraged people to reach out to friends and family by sending nudes, boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. Nudes, as in noodles. Kraft was clearly aware of the homonym it used in an online video for the campaign, now deleted from the brand's social channels and YouTube page. Former Saturday Night Live star Vanessa Bayer speaks about sending nudes, not nudes. I bet it was funny. As of October 12th, that video and all other send nudes ads appear to have vanished from social media. When a campaign is done with an angle that is intended to go viral, you can't pretend that it didn't happen says Denise Lee Yon, a brand leadership consultant and the author of What Great Brands Do. I think they charge more for the same product is what they do. Oh, sorry, brands that are trying to be progressive and contemporary, she says, use social media in an effort to, quote, prop up their cool factor. Their cool factor. You have to maintain true to your strategy and true to your target and really ask yourself, is this the right thing to do? The timing of the camp that's end quote. The timing of the campaign tying it to National Noodle Day missed it again. Comes as Kraft has been doing well during the thing. The effort also included digital ads on social networks and dating sites, along with out of homework in Chicago. Kraft doesn't seem to have issued a public apology, but it has tried to move past the campaign. After the backlash grew, the brand retreated. On Facebook, it posted a standard Kraft mac and cheese smile image. Brand followers quickly responded with reminders of hashtag send nudes. According to the numbers issued by the brand, at least the campaign appeared to be a success. And on October 6th, Kraft announced it planned to send boxes or coupons to the first 7,000 people who responded to at Kraft Mac Cheese, Mac and Cheese on Twitter using the hashtags send nudes and giveaway 
<laughs> signed up at the site www.enjoynudes.com, which is no longer up and running. We're trying to provide comfort and make them smile, said Kraft Heinz spokeswoman Lynn Gallia. Social promotion resulted in over 20,000 customers across the country receiving boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. Unquote. That feedback, which it didn't explain, came in the form of hashtags such as, quote, uh, hashtag boycott craft and hashtag cancel craft. A change.org petition signed by nearly 500 people as of Tuesday afternoon suggested the campaign, quote, is intended to be humorous but totally misses the mark with their target audience, unquote, and asked the brand to, quote, listen to the voices expressing their concerns on your social accounts, unquote. Who says people don't care? BuzzFeed reported that not only did people post on social media that the brand, quote, sexualized mac and cheese and acted predatory towards kids, some commentators even included hashtag save the children in their complaints which was once a real initiative for anti-child trafficking, according to BuzzFeed, that has since been hijacked by QAnon groups. Everything's politics. No more nudes, please. Advisory, I have to issue when I read the trades for you. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's follow the dollar. And everything's COVID, too. AstraZeneca has promised not to profit from its COVID-19 vaccine, quote, during the pandemic, unquote, but it has the right to declare an end to the pandemic as soon as next July, according to an agreement with the manufacturer. This, according to Financial Times, the UK pharmaceutical company, AstraZeneca, which is developing a vaccine candidate with Oxford University, has said it would provide doses on a cost basis for at least as long as the pandemic lasts. But a memorandum of understanding between the company and a Brazilian manufacturer, which has been seen by the Financial Times, describes the pandemic period as ending on July 1 of next year. The period could be extended, but only if AstraZeneca, acting in good faith, considers that the pandemic is not over, it says. But cases globally show no sign of, of tapering. Even optimistic forecasts predict an approved vaccine is unlikely to be widely available for public vaccination campaigns before the middle of next year. The memorandum outlines the conditions of the deal signed in July between AstraZeneca and Fiocruz, a Brazilian public health institution, to produce at least 100 million vaccine doses worth more than $300 million. It seems it's the drug companies that determine in secret deals who will get access to the vaccine and when. AstraZeneca's chief executive has previously said a number of factors would influence the company's assessment of when the pandemic is over including the World Health Organization's own analysis, but has not been more specific. He has also 
declined to disclose a post-pandemic price point. I know we all love that, <laughs> whatever that is. But um, there it is. We don't have any idea what they're going to charge once they declare the pandemic over. The future cost of any approved vaccine is a contentious issue after pharmaceutical groups, including AstraZeneca, received hundreds of millions of dollars in public money to fast-track development. Some companies have said from the outset they can only develop the vaccine for profit, not after paying back the public, apparently. Others, such as AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, have agreed to provide doses on a cost basis for at least as long as the pandemic lasts. Several drug makers have already signed sales agreements with governments. The terms are confidential. Few details released. AstraZeneca won't answer specific questions regarding its definition of the pandemic period. In terms of our agreement, they say, regarding their agreement with the Brazilian institution, are confidential, but uphold Oxford's commitment to fair and equitable access to the vaccine for the duration of the pandemic should it prove to be effective. Public health experts say many of the vaccine deals are shrouded in secrecy, offering little room for scrutiny. Well, you don't... You know what happens when you allow scrutiny? You get screwed. Relying on voluntary measures by pharmaceutical companies to ensure access is a mistake with fatal consequences, says Manuel Martin, medical innovation and access policy advisor at Doctors Without Borders says the terms of the Brazilian deal give AstraZeneca, quote, an unacceptable level of control over a vaccine developed with public funds. Public smuggling. And also, also, from the Financial Times, experts worry that the use of social media creators for political campaigning risks blurring an ethical line. I didn't know we had those particularly given that their followers are not always aware they're being marketed to. Pity the influenced. If you're mobilizing an army of small influencers who you might legitimately claim are supportive of your political ideas, you're walking a fine line between grassroots organizing or the kind of coordinated tactics that could be seen as manipulative or deceptive if not disclosed properly, says one researcher. Another added that his findings from interviews with marketing firms indicate that they preferred sponsorships of micro-influencers not to be disclosed. In the context of politics, our informant said that they don't want paid disclosure because it looks inauthentic. Tell that to uh, tell that the guy who's pitching the uh, Reverse mortgages. Nellie was in her home, but her husband had died. She was going to, him, you know. My, Tom, micro-influencers were often encouraged to create issues-based posts rather than explicit endorsements in the hope of yielding more subtle content. There have been exceptions, however. A uh, paid post last year by an influencer endorsing the Democrat Democratic candidate for Kentucky governor came between posts about toys and self-care products. Ugh. There's a company called Main Street One, which hires, pays influencers. He says all the paid posts by his, uh, the, the head of the company, Main Street One, 
says all the posts uh, by his influencers were clearly marked as such. Other campaigns have been less explicit. A BBC investigation found a group of anti-Trump content creators on TikTok. A lot of repetitive uh, consonants going on here. Content creators on TikTok had failed to disclose they were being paid by an advertising company. Uh, Last month, the Washington Post reported a network of paid teenagers posting coordinated messages on Facebook without disclosing their funding was linked to pro-Trump group Turning Point USA. An ethical line, ladies and gentlemen, has been crossed. Can you imagine? That's what we uh, realize here when we follow the dollar. Now let's turn to a larger issue. You don't have to yell. A major report card on the state of biodiversity gives failing grades to the world's nations, as opposed to, I guess, somewhere else's nations, Saturn's nations. The United Nations Global Biodiversity Outlook 5, released recently, concludes that the world has not met ambitious targets set 10 years ago to protect nature. Quote, the warning lights are flashing. We have to recognize we're in a planetary emergency, says a biodiversity researcher at the Natural History Museum. This report from Science Mag. We are losing biodiversity, and that has very real consequences to people's health, prosperity, and well-being, says Jane Lubchenco, a marine ecologist at Oregon State, not involved in the report. There's still time to to halt and even reverse the loss of biodiversity, says the report, trying to hold out some hope. But that will require rapid and substantial changes. That's not going to happen, is it? In agriculture, industry, and other activities. Quote, more than anything, it's telling us we have quite a lot more to do. Not more of the same, but more of the tougher transformational shifts, says the head of international policy at Conservation International. All right, let's roll up our sleeves and roll them right down again. What do you say? The U.K. Environment Watchdog is examining whether more than 50 sites that supply salad and vegetables to supermarkets and other businesses are discharging chemical pollution into rivers and streams. This follows revelations that a salad producer supplying retailers was washing pesticides into a protected chalk stream. Washing the pesticides, obviously, off the veg. Don't veg out, but apparently don't veg in either. The Environmental Agency in Britain took action against this uh, company, which runs a watercress plant for discharging neonicotinoids into the upper itchin, a protected chalk stream. you got to love the names of places in, in England. Evidence was gathered by the environmental charity Salmon and Trout Conservation. The um, company involved imports salad crops from the U.S. and Europe, as well as growing its own. You can't grow your own salad. The produce is washed on site, and the company has a permit from the Environment Agency to discharge wastewater into the upper itchen. But experts from the environmental charity forced the agency to act on pollutants in the river after working with local people to carry out sampling of the water. That suggested chemicals were affecting invertebrate communities, including freshwater shrimp. 
Freedom of Information uh, request submitted by the charity revealed that acetamiprid, which is a neonicotinoid, was being washed off the salads into the river at concentrations above acceptable levels. But we, we can do it. Of course we can. We got dominion. Open up the window, save the AC, free from the grips of the humidity. Time to trade your shorts for jeans, it's autumn in New Orleans. Just like the springtime without the bugs. Breezes is gentle as grandma's hugs. Streets start filling up with tourists and teens. Autumn in New Orleans. Saints back playing, magnolia swaying, shaking off the last spring's beat. Party time beginning, saints keep winning. Who knows where this thing leads? Second line starts snaking up and down the street. Glove hands clapping to the dancing feet. Friday night fish rides, white limousine. Autumn in New Start ballin', duck blinds callin', 
darkness make it swift returning. Goes to a romancing, is just all dancing. Soon enough to find fire's burning. So goodbye to grilling, and those is willing. Fix up a mess of red beans. Welcome back to autumn, to old New Orleans. Aside from the Saints, a catalog of what's not happening this year, just for reference purposes. This is from from New Orleans. This is Le Show. And, uh, yes, it was a major week in American politics, the final debate between the two presidential candidates, which uh, made news for not making news. It was the it was made news for being a civil debate. Unlike the first debate and really unlike the second debate, which didn't happen. That, those, those were the newsworthy debates. This one was newsworthy, as I say, for just being. Uh, the two candidates, Joe Biden and uh, <laughs> President Trump, were uh, campaigning, particularly after the debate, out and about. And uh, so were their surrogates. One of them, uh, the aforementioned Rudy Giuliani, not only made news for uh, his his uh, victimization by a movie prankster, he also made news in a in a corner of the news universe. We discussed this. We, I discussed this with you last week on the program. You didn't say much. Um, the laptop turned into a repair shop that was never retrieved, supposedly the laptop of Hunter Biden, and emails retrieved therefrom. Um, Giuliani was the source of that material. Um, strangely enough, he supplied it to Fox News, and or that was his first attempt. According to the Washington Post, Fox News didn't run with the story because they didn't think it was sourced well enough. I don't think they were criticizing Rudy specifically, although you could. But uh, no, they, that the, the authenticity of stuff was not fully established to Fox News's satisfaction. So Rudy then went to the New York Post, owned by the same guy, Rupert Murdoch. We live in a murdocracy. And the New York Post ran with it, at which point Fox News said, yeah, yeah, good, let's go for it. And um, since then, the other news media, that is to say the ones not owned by Rupert Murdoch, have desisted from touching the story, which has aroused anger and suspicion on the part of those who watch Fox News and read the New York Post. And as I say, rather than defending that story, Rudy has 
Rudy Giuliani has been spending his time uh, defending his hand and where it was and why. And the uh, president's daughter, a uh, another New York, New York newspaper reports, has a distinctly different campaign style to uh, that of her dad, while he fulminates on the campaign trail about Biden and Hunter Biden and Jim Biden and Jill Biden and Biden Biden Biden. Uh, she's in Wisconsin making nice, saying the ice cream sundae was invented here and other cute facts. But her week was disturbed by a huge pair of billboards in Times Square in, uh, what's the name of that place? New York. That um, was erected, well, the, the billboard was erected long ago, but the, the sign on the billboard, I, I think it's an electronic billboard, so uh, features pictures of Ivanka and her hubby, Jared Kushner, and a quote from him saying, uh, New York is going to have to, apropos of the, the pandemic, New York is going to have to suffer, and that's their problem. The, uh, as I say, the, the sign was uh, established electronically by a group called the Lincoln Project, who are Republicans who don't like <laughs> President Trump. Jared Kushner has threatened to sue. In other words, this week, for the first time, it's down to the wire. And for the businessman turned chief executive, there may not be a wire. Ivanka. Sorry to bother you, sir. Were you napping? <sighs> of course not. Napping is for uh, uh, pretty young girls like yourself. I was just making a list of people to... Uh, Destroying my second term. What's up? I've seen the billboards that the never Trumpers put up in Times Square. Funny you should mention those losers. They're on my list. I bet Jared is ticked off big time. Well, he is. Putting those things up on a Saturday, isn't that some kind of sin for him? You know, sir, my picture is on that billboard too. Well, sure. They got to get people some reason to look. Don't forget, you're still one super hot piece of talent. You know what most girls would give to be up on a Times Square billboard? I can tell you, believe me. Sir, I never wanted this kind of fame. I wanted the going out to dinners with swell financiers and major celebrities and chic Manhattan restaurants kind of fame. Honey, this is your COVID. Take something incredibly strong and get over it. You saw that we we're threatening to sue them, right? Sure did. I raised you right. Problem is, I think Jared wants to go through with it. And I remember you saying that was a sucker play. By the time it gets to court, I'll be in the middle of term two. This time it's personal. <laughs> I haven't heard you this confident about re-election since Justice Ginsburg passed away. Honey, what's the first thing you ever learned about your daddy? That you wore a very strong aftershave? The other thing. That you're a winner. Right. You wore that little T-shirt. said, my daddy's a winner, yours is a sucker. I still have those Polaroids. See, even your mother was good for something. <laughs> so look, sweetie, don't let Jared waste your Chinese licensing money on lawyers. They screw his people too, you know. You think Michael Cohen helped him with that stupid Fifth Avenue pile of crap he stuck with? No, I know he didn't. The only lawyers worth squat are ones you don't pay for. That's why there's a Justice Department. So look, you got a task for this week. Right. Forget about Jared and you for a minute. 
Get back on the Trump train. Get out there and sell me like I sold wine and water. I know you can do that, right? I suppose it's just that they use such a bad picture of me. I hate that blouse. Ivanka, you know you don't want to see what happens if I lose, right? Oh, God, no. Mom says that would Forget be like... what Mom says. You know we're not going to let that happen. Screw the blouse. What do we always say? This is about me, right? Right. Rudy. I can't believe it, sir. You've made Air Force One even classier. Hey, I can't fly around in something that looks like Obama's slept in it. <laughs> I may be up in this thing for the rest of the month, at least. Sir, I should be struck dead if I'm BSing you. I'm feeling a big surge of optimism out there. The whole Hunter Biden laptop thing is getting incredible traction. It's even drowning out the whole hands-in-my-pants thing. Maybe on our media. Not so much on theirs. So what else is new? Rudy, this isn't schmooze time. This is holy crap, we're going to lose time. Oh, no, no. I haven't felt this, this spook since my third bankruptcy. I hope you've got more stuff to reveal this week. Well, Mr. President, we put the smoking gun out there. We put the whole gun store, for goodness sake, and, and, and the ammunition dump as well. You're telling me that's all you've got? Hannity thinks it's great. Hannity isn't staring down the toilet. Or if he is, it's a much smaller toilet. If I may, sir, I think maybe your meds are putting you on the gloomy side of the street. Your own people have very encouraging internal numbers. I know. I wrote them. I would. Rudy, this is a make or get broken week I, for I, us. I, 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 agreed. I, I just have to get the Borat plot behind me and then... Mr. X Mayor, every minute you're talking about that... Is a minute you're not talking about your favorite president, right? <laughs> you wouldn't believe how hard I'm pivoting, sir. Makes a head spin. If you watch the coverage, you'll... Rudy, one thing you can be sure of with me. I'm watching the coverage. Oh, well, of course, sir. I didn't need so, to... So, this week, you've got a big task. Anything, sir. Exactly. Come up with anything. Another laptop. A check with Joe Biden's name is... Payee. How about a hard drive full of stuff that wasn't on the laptop? You're smart. You know how to do this. I just have to get this pants thing off my Forget hands. Forget your hands. Forget your pants. I can tell you this. You don't want to be around if we lose. I'll blame you like nobody's ever seen. <laughs> blame me? You were stupid enough to get trapped by that stupid movie. But there's never been anything this stupid since my fourth bankruptcy. Hey, I thought that actress was just... Rudy, newsflash. Your pants are making me lose. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make comebacks great again. Now, Air Force One is his boardroom. The Presidentus. This week, the last mile is the longest.
lies about the book that he wrote. He lies about his female accusers. He lies about Colby. Why, isn't that, isn't that part of the many moves of Donald Trump, a record that's coming out this Friday? I think it is. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart world after all. It's a smart, smart world. Nothing, nothing gives me as much joy as fake children's voices, I have, to t- I have to tell you. American police forces routinely circumvent most security features in smartphones to extract mountains of personal information. This is according to a report that details the massive, ubiquitous cracking of phones by police. It's published in the Register of the British Tech Publication. Two years of public records requests by Upturn, a Washington nonprofit, has revealed that every one of the U.S. 50 largest police departments, as well as half of the largest sheriff's offices and two-thirds of the largest prosecuting attorney's offices, regularly use specialist hardware and software to access the contents of suspects' phones. There isn't a state in the union that hasn't got some advanced phone-cracking capabilities. The report concludes that far from modern phones being a bastion of privacy and security, (laughs) there is in fact, well, there are in fact routinely, they are, they didn't print this right, in fact, routinely 
rifled through for trivial crimes without a warrant in sight. In one case, police confiscated and searched the phones of two men who were caught arguing over a $70 debt in a McDonald's. How do you owe McDonald's? No, I, I don't. There, another example saw a police officer sh- shot and kill a man after he ran from the driver's side of the vehicle during a traffic stop. Stop. They apparently discovered a small orange prescription pill container next to the victim. The pills contained acetaminophen and fentanyl. They also discovered a phone in the empty car, searched it for evidence related to, quote, counterfeit oxycodone and evidence relating to motives for fleeing from the police, unquote. The report gives numerous other examples of phones taken from their owners and searched for evidence without a warrant, when in many cases the value of the information was negligible in cases involving graffiti, shoplifting, marijuana possession, vandalism, car crashes, parole violations, petty theft, and public intoxication. This, um, this is contrary to the high legal protection afforded smartphones in recent high-profile court cases. Two years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that the government needs a warrant to access its citizens' cell phone location data and talked extensively to the court about a citizen citizen's expectation of privacy limiting official intrusion when it comes to smartphones. 2014, the court decided a warrant was required to search a mobile phone and that the reasonable expectation of privacy people have in their physical movement should extend to records stored by third parties. This report was based on reports from 44 law enforcement agencies across the U.S. covered 50,000 extractions of data from cell phones. At least 2,000 agencies have the tools necessary to crack phones bought from two companies, which I'm not going to name for you. You have to find them yourself if you want to do that. The hell do you think I'm running here? As security researchers recently found out the consequences of having a major security flaw in one popular sex toy, told you the week had a uh, kind of theme, could have been catastrophic for tens of thousands of users. This report from TechCrunch. British-based security firm Pentest Partners said the flaw in the Qui Cellmate Internet-Connected Chastity Lock, billed as the world's first app-controlled chastity device, could have allowed anyone to remotely and permanently lock in the user's member. The Cellmate Chastity... I kept a straight face right up to the end there, didn't I? The Cellmate Chastity Lock works by allowing a trusted partner, to remotely lock and unlock the chamber over Bluetooth using a mobile app. That app communicates with the lock. But the method of communication called an API was left open and without a password, allowing anyone to take complete control of any user's device. Because the chamber was designed to lock with a metal ring underneath the user's member, the researchers said it may require the intervention of a heavy-duty bolt cutter or an angle grinder grinder, excuse me, to free the user. A researcher at Pen Test Partners said in a blog post an attack an attacker could lock everyone in or out very quickly. Quote, there is no emergency override function either. So if you're locked in, there's no way out. Ouch. Vulnerability in the Qui Cellmate app allowed anyone off unauthenticated access to the private messages and the location of any user. TechCrunch first learned of the vulnerability. Oh, come on. The vulnerability in June, the researchers contacted Kui, based in China. 
China did this about the flawed API. Taking the vulnerable API offline would have locked in anyone using the device. The developer pushed out a new API for new users but left the unsecured API up for existing users. The uh, chief executive of the company said a fix would arrive in August, but that deadline came and went. We're a basement team, he said. In a follow-up email, he said, when we fix it, it creates more problems. That's smart. Facebook's computer vision algorithm flagged an innocuous advertisement for onions posted on its social media platform for being, quote, overtly sexual. The seed company by E.W. Gaze, a Canadian garden store, wanted to advertise its Walla Walla onion seeds on the social network, but its attempt was shot down after the image in the advertisement was deemed too naughty by Facebook's software. Smart? Not smart? I'll, I'll tell you what, personal experience time. I uh, voted this week, as did my significant other, at uh, City Hall in New Orleans. And uh, they use machines for voting. And so uh, as you get admitted to the machine area, you are handed a little thing. I'll call it a thing for the moment. A little rubber rubber thing that you roll down your index finger so that you're not touching the machine when you're voting. And uh, we found it mildly amusing, so we took a, pic- a photograph of, the, of our two fingers still so encased and uh, Twitter refused to um, accept that photo for publication. Didn't explain, but uh, it became obvious why when you looked at the photo and thought about Twitter's artificial intelligence. So-called. It is a smart, smart world. And now, the Apologies of the Week. The Czech Republic's coronavirus crisis is now so bad. How bad is it, say the people in the Johnny Carson demographic? It's so bad that when Prime Minister Andre Babis stood in front of reporters during a live news conference this week, he did something few leaders do. He apologized to the people five times. Babas is overseeing one of the worst coronavirus epidemics in the world. He admitted he and his government had made mistakes in handling the outbreak and pleaded with people to follow strict lockdown rules. Well, that sounds kind of like what our... Oh, I'm sorry for the new restrictions that will impact lives of business owners, citizens, employees. I'm also sorry for having de facto ruled out the possibility of this happening because I could not imagine that this would happen, he said. His contrition came as other European nations, including Germany and Poland, reported record daily new case numbers. Ireland is preparing to impose the strictest lockdown in Europe. Keith Ranieri, who was convicted of sex trafficking, racketeering, and possession of child pornography in connection with his role in the alleged sex cult called Nixium, says he's innocent and wants a new trial, a request that a judge denied this week. In an interview that aired on NBC, he acknowledged he was a leader in an organization that kept women as virtual sex prisoners, but he said he's the victim of unethical prosecution. He was convicted last year by a federal jury in New York and scheduled to be sentenced this coming week. 
He's innocent, he said in an interview. He alleged federal prosecution engaged in misconduct in their pursuit of his conviction, and they scared away witnesses who could have swayed the jury in his failure. Nixon president, her daughter, bookkeeper, and uh, Seagram liquor heiress Claire Bronfman have all pleaded guilty to various charges in the case. But back to Ranieri, I apologize for my (laughs) I apologize for my participation in all of this. This pain and suffering, he said. I've clearly participated. I've been the leader of the community. And it has come to this, even if it is by oppression. I'm absolutely sorry and pained. This is a horrible situation. And San Antonio Fire Chief Charles Hood apologized Friday for a photo he apparently took alongside a naked woman covered in sushi. The photo was obtained by the San Antonio Express News and has sparked uproar. It has also prompted an investigation by the city attorney's office. The photo shows Hood posing next to a nude woman with sushi all over her body. In a statement, the chief said the photo was taken at a firefighter's 50th birthday party. This photo was taken at the front entrance to the party, he said. I certainly didn't intend to offend anyone. If I did, I sincerely apologize. City manager is launching an investigation into the matter. The mayor supports that move. And nobody is asking, how could she be naked if she was covered in sushi? The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen. A copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Finally, news 
from the Let, it, Let Us Try People, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has published a draft of a new environmental impact statement. It now supports a proposal for massive pumps to drain floodwaters from parts of the rural Mississippi Delta. This reverses a previous federal report that said the project was environmentally damaging. Prominent Mississippi politicians have been pushing the administration to review and fund this $400 million project. The EPA vetoed it under President Bush, saying adverse impacts on wetlands and their associated fisheries and wildlife resources are unacceptable. But the new draft published by the Corps said new research shows the project is, quote, not anticipated to convert any wetlands into non-wetlands, unquote. It might be interesting on this subject to note that um, a book called Paving Paradise by two reporters in Florida covered the Corps of Engineers' enforcement of the no net loss of wetlands provision of the Clean Water Act in Florida. And after 30 years, Florida's experienced a major net loss in wetlands. That's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. We return next week, and by we, I mean me, at the same time over these same stations and on your audio device of choice whenever you want it, because you are the you in yourself. And it'd be just like making sense of that last statement, if you'd agree to join with me then. Would you already? Thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip to the show, Chapeau, to the San Diego desk, to Pam Halstead, and to uh, Thomas Walsh here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast, as well as to Garrett Pittman here at WWNO for help with last week's broadcast. Because I made a boo-boo last week. The email address for this program, playlist of the music heard here on, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts for, to brighten up those holidays, all at harryshearer.com. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the Crescent City.